Welcome to episode four of season two. This week, I sat down with Joe and Kayla. I met Kayla at a music festival called Soul Fest right before she met Joe. Listen to see how she fell in love with Joe and his little white Miata. You're listening to First Sight. We've been in a relationship for almost three years now. We met at a summer camp. We met at a mutual friend's house. And then from there, it was like a friendship that kind of turned into like, whoa, I like you a little bit. Oh, my first impression was that he was super cute. Literally, like the first time that we chatted, she talked to me like we had like known each other since like kindergarten or something. So I saw him and I was like, wow, somebody must have brought this kid because he needs to know Jesus. I'm not embarrassed around her. I feel like he's one of the only people that I can be myself around. I love how he cares about people. I love how she cares to make me lunch. Well, she harasses me from time to time. She's like, do you even love me? He smiles and his eyes crinkle up at the side. It's like the cutest thing ever. I'd say genuine kindness and thoughtfulness, even though he doesn't show up very often. Do you want to go first? I think we can tell it simultaneously. (laughs) (laughs) So... Joe was actually on tour with a mutual friend of ours. You might have seen him at Soulfest. His name was Jonas Woods. So I live in Maine. So Jonas was playing at um, a community event in Maine. And this dude just shows up in this little white Miata. And I was like, my first thought was, oh, he's cute. I'm like, well, I wonder if he's the one. And then I'm like super antisocial. So I just ignored him. I let him like walk right past me and I wasn't going to say anything. And Jonas was like, oh, you should come meet our friend or my new bandmate. And I was like, okay, fine. So I go and I meet Joe and I like shake his hand and we're probably like eight feet apart. And he ignores me for the next eight hours. And I'm like, this dude is a jerk. (laughs) I'm trying to be nice. I introduce myself like I'm good friends with Jonas thinking that You know, if I'm going to see Jonas a lot, I'll probably see Joe a lot. And there he is ignoring me. Yeah, that's basically it. (laughs) (laughs) But you were 18 at the time. So when I found out you were 18, I was like, yeah, she's way too young. I'm not going to talk to her. I'll go talk to her dad instead. And that's (laughs) what I did. Yep. I hated my dad for that. (laughs) I was like, we have to go. I'm tired. I'm hungry. And he's talking to that jerk. And now we're married. (laughs) (laughs) We started talking probably two weeks after the second time I'd seen him. So it was the second concert that Jonas had played. And Joe was there. And he's just like, hey, I remember you. And like opens his arms to give me a big hug. I'm like, this dude is like a psycho or he's like bipolar or something. Because he went from like straight up ignoring me to like give me a hug. And I thought that was incredibly awkward. And I think I saw him at like a third concert after that. So I gave it like like a good safe like two week buffer. And I'm just like, I'll send him a friend request on Facebook after that. That way he doesn't think I'm like a stalker. <laughs> but you were right there. It was like friends of Jonas, like a suggested friend on Facebook. So I waited it out and then I added you. <laughs> way to be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, we started chatting through Facebook. I'd say we met, I think it was June 7th. um, And we started talking in July. Yeah, what she said. 
<laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I, all I remember is that like your your birthday came and I was like, oh, happy birthday on your Facebook. So that's how I know that we were talking before your birthday. <laughs> but it was still like that awkward newbie phase of like, should I say happy birthday on this wall? Is that weird? It was weird when your mom invited me to your high school graduation after I had just graduated from college. Yeah. That was okay. pretty strange. So <laughs> I was 18 and he was 25. Hence why I didn't talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like the very first day, the day he ignored me. Um, that was on a Saturday. And that Sunday, I was having my high school graduation. And he had literally just come from his college graduation. So. I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> a little awkward. <laughs> it wasn't awkward. I just didn't go. <laughs> my first thought about Kayla was... Is that she was cute? I actually knew I was going to marry her right away. And then I found how old she was, and I was kind of like, well, I'm not going to be a creeper. I'll wait a little bit. I'll go <laughs> talk to her dad instead so I don't have to appear like I'm a creeper. <laughs> and it worked. Here we are married. Boom. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Like I remember the exact moment, like seeing him walk up and thinking, oh, he's cute. I wonder if he's the one. And then trying not to think anything of it. And then him actually ending up being the one. Was it because of my skinny jeans? It was absolutely because of his skinny jeans. I knew it. <laughs> and his bright blue sunglasses. <laughs> Still the deal. So I was living in Maine, and Joe was going to the Berkeley College of Music. I was in Rentham, Massachusetts. Yeah. It's about a three hour drive. And yeah, I would drive up almost every weekend. Probably every weekend. Yeah. So. Um, we had started chatting on Facebook, and I think it was, I think it was the year that I met you at Soul Fest. That August, we had taken like a small break. Um, he wasn't, he just stopped talking to me while I was at Soul Fest, and I found out that it was just him, you know, giving me time to have fun and do whatever. But I got back from Soul Fest, and we resumed talking, and he shortly went on tour with Jonas. So we chatted a lot through Facebook. And when he got back in October, he came to visit me for, like, the first time. And then every weekend after that, he would drive from Boston, Massachusetts up to Maine to come see me, like, without fail. Like, there wasn't a weekend that he would miss. <laughs> so he'd either, like, come visit and sleep over. We would kick my little brother out of his bedroom. And he'd sleep on my parents' floor, and then Joe would take his room. Or... Um, He'd pick me up for the weekend, and his landlord would actually let me stay in an empty apartment that he had. So I'd go up on the weekends, and I started attending Joe's church on the weekends. And it was pretty fast after that. Like, I think we started dating in, like, November. And, like, two weeks after we started dating, he literally asked me what my thoughts about marriage were. And I was just like, hmm. <laughs> don't really have any thoughts about marriage. I was just like, you know, when you know it's the one, like why wait? Like why wait three years and prolong getting married when you could just get married tomorrow? It's a very long process, <laughs> very well thought out, <laughs> no. elaborate plan. Okay, so. hold on, hold on. Before we talk about how we got engaged, I was at his house and this is how he asked me out. We were sitting on the couch, and he was just like, so... She didn't ask about that. Oh, no. They need to know. <laughs> he was just like, 
so is it okay if I introduce you as my girlfriend tomorrow? And the next day was Sunday. So Sunday rolls around, we're in church. And he's just like, this is my friend Kayla. <laughs> I was just like, what a jerk. <laughs> Been demoted. And then, you know, two weeks after dating, he thought he asked me my thoughts on marriage. So we started planning our wedding like two weeks um, after we started dating. And so that's like November-ish. And it took a little while for him to actually ask me to marry him. Like, we're planning our wedding. I'm just, like, waiting for him to pop the question, <laughs> like, officially. And it took a little while. We, his mom actually had um, a health scare. Because we started dating, in, I think, beginning of November. So for Thanksgiving, um, he actually took, like, a huge step and, took me to his parents' house. So we got in his little white Miata and we drove like 14 hours to Ohio um, to go see his mom. And she was doing a lot better. But it was it was a huge step for me, you know, getting to meet his family so soon. And then I'd say like December rolled around and I was kind of hoping like he'd pop the question maybe over Christmas. <laughs> he didn't. And he didn't over New Year's. Um, but then shortly in January, he, actually, no, I think what happened was my mom kept pestering us about when we were going to get married. And I was just like, you have to tell my mom. I'm like, we have to tell my parents we're getting married eventually. Cause they're like, oh, you should wait three years and we'll help you save for the wedding. And I was like, um, well, it's not going to be three years. It's actually because we had planned for a May wedding and Joe decided to bump it up to March. And I was like, it's going to be three months. And I kind of have to buy a dress. <laughs> and did you pop the question before or after that? I don't remember. I asked your parents if I could marry her. They said yes. And then I proposed to her three hours later. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that it was wasn't romantic at all. <laughs> so... My dad was acting, like, super awkward at the kitchen table. And, like, the whole family just, like, gathers around the kitchen table because he knows, they all know that he's going to ask. And they're like, okay, you, you go do laundry. I did not need to do laundry, but they sent me into the basement by myself. And my dad awkwardly sat there and said no while grinning and then said yes, that Joe could marry me. He does not have a good poker face. No, <laughs> he doesn't no, have no. a good poker face. So we get in the car and we go to Massachusetts and it's like 11 o'clock at night and he has his guitar like crammed in the back window and my suitcase is crammed into his trunk and he's like can you get my guitar out of the back seat so I like fold down the seat and I'm like yanking on the guitar case trying to get it out and he's just standing there staring at me with like this cheesy grin on his face and he's like kind of leaned against the car so that his toe is like dug in the sand and he's just like twirling his ankle back and forth and he's just looking at me like, what are you doing? You need to grab my suitcase. And I was, oh my gosh. I was so close to being like, you look really gay. You need to stop. <laughs> and then he popped the question. I was like, it's a good thing I did not say that. You're so romantic. <laughs> when my parents found out that the wedding was going to be in three months, I don't think they were shocked or angry. They welcomed Joe into the family like immediately. Um, after, like, the first time they saw him. 
my dad loved him and my dad is like super super antisocial. he's very anxious and he has a hard time connecting with people so he connected with joe like right off the bat he loved him he's never really liked any of my friends or any of my guy friends <laughs> so i don't know I, I feel like they just embraced joe so the process for the wedding went pretty smooth we actually planned our wedding date around when his mom would, had gotten off of oxygen. So we got married on March 7th, um, 2015, because she's like, that's the day I will be 100% off oxygen. <laughs> so we wanted her to be at the wedding. Um, because it was such a short amount of time to plan, we didn't do a big, big wedding. We originally wanted to elope, but you know, I thought it would be really special to have his mom there. Um, especially when she was having, like, poor health at the time. We were surrounded by a lot of loving friends, so it, the wedding was small. It didn't cost us much, and a lot of people gave us stuff as, like, the wedding gifts, so our wedding cake was free. We had our friends cater. Um, our friend did, like, videography and photography, so it was, it was a day, like, just surrounded by friends who love us, and that was really all we wanted. So we actually ended up doing our tiny wedding. And instead of doing a big wedding, we just had like a, a party for people to come and hang out with us and celebrate. What do you think an action or mindset is that benefit our relationship? Well, Joe was raised in a family that doesn't yell when they're angry. And they like discuss things. So him bringing that into like our family and... Like, teaching me that, I think, has been really huge. I don't think I've, like, ever yelled in our marriage. Or, like, maybe once. But he's, like, quickly brought me back down to earth and was like, hey, that's not cool. Um, so we, ne we don't fight. We have, like, discussions. And then I feel like for me, something that I've always wanted to do is, like, put my spouse first. So I try to always make sure, I remember Joe, I put him first. I go out and get Starbucks, I'll bring Joe home Starbucks. Like I always remember him and always try to like do things for him in the marriage. And I feel like that really, really helps. At least it helps me to have a better servant's heart. I tell her on many occasions, like no matter how frustrated she gets in our relationship that we'll figure out whatever it is that there's not like a, for me, there's not a breaking point for any of that stuff. So I just tell her to, when she feels something, to talk about it. We can deal with it and move on past it instead of letting something that could start small fester into something that's really big. Um, I think that's really helped our relationship a lot. Yeah, for sure. So he's like, you need to address it as it comes up. And I'm not really good with confrontation. So it's not like addressing it. It's more like I just like cry my way through explaining things. <laughs> I can't talk. It's like, it's on or off. <laughs> the waterworks, they just like are full force. <laughs> but we resolve things. <laughs> so I might just be sobbing, but I'll ask him to pick up his underwear or something like that. Only Mark where that is. We're going to edit that one out. How has our relationship transformed over the years? I'm a lot fatter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we... Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's true. Us both. <laughs> I think I'm like a good 50 pounds heavier than when we got married. So... Maybe 30. 
when we got married, I moved in with him and his roommate, Ivan. Um, and we were living in this tiny little apartment in Boston. Like, the only space we had was like an 8 by 11 bedroom. And we had enough room for our bed and a dresser and like a TV mounted on the wall. And living with a roommate right off the bat is challenging. But it helped me, you know, to learn to live with other people and to, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. Like, I definitely had, like, my moments of, like, annoyance. But it helped me learn to live with people I'm not 100% comfortable with and be okay with that. And then moving from Boston and a roommate, we just packed up our car and we drove to Texas. Like, it was, like, the most impulsive thing that I think we've ever done. But Joe felt like God led him to Texas. That was his next step in life. Wasn't that impulsive? Like I wanted to go to Texas. For it was a while. very impulsive. We talked about it for a month, and that weekend we just packed up his little white Miata again, and his handmade trailer, and we drove to Texas with nothing planned. Well, so had I not met you before the tour, I would have left for Texas right after the tour. I wouldn't have waited. Yeah. I would have left. I don't know, a year almost earlier. I was ready to go. So maybe you didn't know about the plan, but the plan was there for a while. Oh, no, I'm talking about, like, Actually, housing arrangements. We got in the car. Oh, we had no housing arrangements. We drove. And he's like, we can get, like, a hotel for a few days. But we, like, blew all our money in Starbucks on the way to Texas. That is not blowing money. That is wise. No. <laughs> Well-used money. Because we had, like, I think, like, $130 in the bank account. And it was 2 a.m. It was more than that. <laughs> no. No. For sure not. There was an extra zero. And, no, there, there definitely was not an extra zero. <laughs> At the beginning. We had enough for like a couple days in a hotel, and then we would have been homeless. And 2 a.m. rolls around, and his friend Josh calls, who lives in Texas, like Houston, Texas. And he says, hey, do you have a place to stay? And we're like, no, we were just going to wing it. He's like, well, why don't you come live with us? So this amazing man and his wife, his pregnant wife at the time, opened up their house to us. And we lived there for three weeks before we found our second apartment. Um, in Houston, Texas. And when it comes to like watching our relationship grow, I think like the biggest growth has been anywhere that God has touched our lives and like forced us to grow. So like all the friends we made down in Texas were like the most amazing people you'll ever meet. They were just like um, so humble. They worked in churches. They were they would, like, give you, like, the shirt off their back before you could even ask. Um, like, it was, like, our first Sunday there, and we met this guy named Ralph. And he's like, hey, if you have any financial trouble, just hit me up and I'll give you money. And, like, he had never met us before. Um, so I called him immediately. <laughs> give us all, all your money. money. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I think he just took us to Whataburger. Through all our moves, we've grown closer and then through our friends, we've learned to not just love each other more, but, like, love other people more, more freely. And, like, give ourselves and our time more freely simply because of the circumstances that we were put through. Like, um, when we were in Texas, in Houston, Texas, we went through um, Hurricane Harvey. And, like, that weekend when, like, the roads were 
clear of most of the waters, like us in our church, we're immediately in people's homes, like helping them. Like that's not something I would have done before I met Joe. Like I would have been like, oh, that's really sad. And I would have like prayed for them in like church or something. But like being there, we immediately jumped in and started serving. And like transitioning from like Houston and all that and like our move to Michigan, I feel like, well, one, we learned that um, we can't move furniture together. <laughs> That's a disaster. Like, it's like that friend scene when they're screaming pivot. That is us. <laughs> but like a thousand times more angry. Um, but we've also learned how, how to work with each other in like those kinds of times, like the moving times, like the stressful times um, and meeting new friends and like really forcing yourself to get out there and meet new people because as an adult I feel like it's harder to make friends but I feel like through all of this we've just grown closer together like I have my best friend for life and stop looking at me like that <laughs> and I don't know I just feel like we serve quicker together I guess you know, some of the things we've been through, definitely moving a lot. You know, she moved in with me in Boston, and then we moved to um, a friend's house for a month, maybe a month and a half, and then an apartment for a year, and then we built a house, and then we moved from that house to Michigan. So just all these kinds of geographical changes, you know, our environment changing from a tiny room to a decent room to an apartment that was like 600 square foot and we thought it was the biggest thing we had ever seen. Yeah, it was sad. To our beautiful home that we built and then now we're back in an apartment. So just kind of realizing that it's tough, especially when you move a lot to kind of normalize, but realizing that those kinds of things don't really matter all that much. I mean, it's still nice to be in a nice place, but it's not the end of the world. Um, and then just kind of valuing our relationships over our situations you know, I think we've kind of grown in that area together. Yeah, it's definitely helped me learn that, um, like, the building that you're in is still a material thing. Like, it might not be, like, clothes or jewelry, but it's still a materialistic thing. And that home is, like, wherever Joe goes. So it doesn't have to be our beautiful house in Texas. It can be our apartment here in Michigan or our really sad apartment back in Boston. <laughs> it was a sad apartment. <laughs> yes. So something that's special to us, and it really touches, like, that very sensitive part in our heart is Torchy's Tacos. Oh. See? <laughs> I miss it so much. <laughs> it was the best taco place in Texas, for sure. It still exists. It's not like the place, like, die in Hurricane Harvey. <laughs> No, but it died in our souls when we left. Yeah, we did leave a piece of our soul in Texas. I think one of the most, one of my favorite memories is, I think it was the second trip to see Joe's parents. I think it was over like New Year's on our Boston trip there. And it was our, our way home and we were riding in the car for like four hours of like dead silence, just like comfortable dead silence. It wasn't awkward. And there was this giant billboard on the side of the road. And at the same exact time, in the same exact voice, we both read it out loud. And we're both like, 
duct tape. <laughs> and he actually got it um, inscribed on the inside of my wedding ring. <laughs> so there's duct tape on the inside of my ring. <laughs> it's a true story. Uh, I think it's great. For Christmas, our first Christmas, I bought him a Polaroid so that he could take pictures. And we had like, a wall just like full of like hundreds of memories. Like, mm-hmm. on our trip to Houston, was it, like, it wasn't the axle, but, like, the part of the trailer that the attached. Tongue, yeah. The tongue on the trailer. The tongue on the trailer broke. So, I made the trailer myself, like, oh my gosh. five or six years prior, and we were towing everything we owned in this little trailer on the back of a Miata, and the Miata shouldn't be towing anything. No. <laughs> and the trailer had probably triple the weight that was recommended. So it was dark out, and we had to, like, stop in a Lowe's parking lot and buy a new tongue and drill holes into it and attach it. We spent, like, four hours in Connecticut trying to fix the silly trailer. In the dark. And that's probably, like, my favorite Polaroid photo. I'll have to send it to you after. It's, like, the perfect picture for the beginning of our relationship. (laughs) Hmm. Um. Oh. So some of like the I don't know kind of big moments in our life we um we bought a kitten uh, a couple weeks before we got married and her name is Nora she's I think she's four now mm-hmm. and she was like the cutest little orange kitten and she turned out to be the saltiest cat on the planet Earth she is spunky and grouchy. And only snuggles you when she demands to be snuggled. Otherwise, she'll rip your face off any other time of the day. And then we got Miko, our second year together. He's our big, fluffy, white rag doll. So he's our second child. <laughs> and then last year, I was fostering kittens um, in Texas. So all the small kittens that were too big to be adopted out at the shelter, I would take in. Um, and I would nurse them back to health and either bottle feed them or give them their medication. And they'd hit eight weeks or two pounds and I'd send them back to the shelter. And one of those little kittens ha- happened to be Fauna, our third member of the family. And she's the dumbest cat you'll ever meet, but she's the sweetest cat. She chases shadows. She'll, she'll sit there and she waits for the shadows to come during the day. And when they start to appear on the wall, she'll just, like, take off running and chase them. (laughs) You just hear this, like, loud thud, and she just, like, flies at the wall. (laughs) And then instead of deciding to have kids, we made, like, the fourth commitment in our life, and we bought a dog. And that's probably, like, the hardest thing we've had to do yet. I was pretty positive. dead set against having kids right after we got Bentley (laughs) because we got him as a puppy and I'm like I can't do this with a puppy I can't do this with kids (laughs) (laughs) I'm waking up every three hours let him go go out and pee but we survived Bentley we did yep so now we have four animals our house is full (laughs) are you looking for some animals For me, it was one of the most re- regrettable decisions. He had the most impulsive purchase probably of his life. I don't know what she's talking about. Within 24 hours, he found a Jeep. He got a loan for a Jeep and he bought a Jeep. All in 24 hours. 
and it has not driven him anywhere except for like down the road for a test drive. Yeah, but now you own a Jeep that costs four times what I paid for that Jeep. But mine works. That is true. <laughs> so to fix his broken Jeep, he not, he bought another broken Jeep. You're not supposed to say that. My dad doesn't know that. <laughs> He's going to now. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this. <laughs> he doesn't know about technology. <laughs> yep. He's 70. So now we own two broken Jeeps. I think that's it for special moments. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, so. Apparently not. No, no, no. This this is great. So in Texas, it got really cold and it snowed for the first time in a good while. And it was like two o'clock in the morning. It started snowing in Houston, Texas. And it was kind of a sticky snow. So it was like snowman snow. And it snowed enough, like four or five inches, that we were able to start packing the snow. And so we went outside and we built a snowman. And we went like back and forth across the yard. It looked like somebody had mowed the yard. But the thing is, we went to our neighbor's yard. <laughs> we snuck over and we stole their snow and built a snowman in so, Texas. So thank you for sleeping. <laughs> we literally stole people's snow. I didn't think you could ever say that, but we did. And the next day... Everybody's like, that's the best snowman I've ever seen. And it's got like all kinds of dead grass and crap in it. We're like, it was brown. Like, it was a brown snowman. Do you not have Google? You should Google a decent snowman because this is awful. It's the best we could do, but it's not that good. Yep. Yeah, she just got out of high school finally. Oh, shut up. <laughs> You're the worst. I love you. <laughs> Oh, my word. I just remembered the worst moment before we were dating. So Joe, this is, I think, his second time coming to visit me. And he was getting bored. So he's like, let's go, let's go for a walk. So we planned a little hiking trip in the woods. And we just went hiking. And on our way back, apparently my dad had left to go to the store with my sister and they're driving up the road, and they see us, and I didn't know they were behind us, and Joe and I were, like, goofing off, and he shoves me into a ditch, and my dad drives by laughing hysterically, doesn't pull over, doesn't stop to help me, just goes home and waits for me to tell me, hey, I saw Joe push you in a ditch, and that's how you know Joe fits in perfectly with my family. <laughs> they did not stop to save me. You probably deserved it. I don't remember what you did, but I'm sure you deserved it. Oh, no. <laughs> Definitely. So we got married on March 7th, 2015. There you go. Yep. We just had our four-year anniversary. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at first underscore S-I-T-E. A special thanks to all of the couples in the introduction and to Ella Morrison for the music.